This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Today's guest, Anna Parker Naples. She's not a person with MS, but she is a person who was told that she might never walk again. And her message today is so, so important for the multiple sclerosis community. So do listen in and enjoy what you hear. I'm really pleased today to be talking with Anna Parker Naples. Anna is a multi-award-winning business and mindset coach and a host of a number one international iTunes podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible. She's also a best-selling author and the list continues. Anna, I'm so pleased to have you here today. Hey, Bron, it's lovely to be here with you. I'm so proud of you and everything you're doing with your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And I know that I wanted to talk to you because of your background and your story. I'm really interested in how you got into being a mindset coach and all your work that you do around that. I got into it with no intention to get into it is the answer. And even as I trained in it, it trained further and further in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, I still had no idea that I would use this in my work. Uh, and go on to coach other people. I thought that I was just doing it to improve my own mindset. And the, the reason that I encountered it in the first place was because I reached what felt like the lowest of the low at the time. Uh, 10 years ago, I was told to expect that I would never walk again through a complication in pregnancy. I had very severe SPD, which is uh, pelvic girdle pain is often the phrase that's used to describe it now. And you know, I was broken when as an energetic person who I'm sure many of your listeners are going to identify with is an energetic person with lots of plans and lots of hopes and dreams to then have this, this health issue crop up that I had was completely out of the blue, really knocked me for six. And I can remember just feeling so angry, so angry that I felt like my life had been taken from me. And I decided that I, I needed to do something about that. And the thing that I needed to do to feel better, because I couldn't stay in the dark place I was in forever. And I knew I couldn't be a good mother, particularly. I had three, three young children. I knew I couldn't be a good mother if I didn't get help. And the help that I sought was actually to see a hypnotherapist. Um, and that was, that was kind of the beginning of it all, really. So, so you went to see a hypnotherapist. Yeah. And- Well, that was your first kind of foray into the mind and how the mind works, but you were basically going through it from a personal perspective to deal with some recovery for you. Well, I'd actually been to see this particular hypnotherapist about three or four years before when I was at the time having really bad sleep patterns and I kept waking up in the night thinking I'd seen spiders and other sorts of random things that I would do, which came to a bit of a head when I accidentally punched my husband in the face while he was asleep. Oh, no. 
I, I honestly to God thought that he had a spider on his cheek and that I was doing him a favor, but actually I punched him really hard. And um, it was, it, it, he had, he'd put up with me for months and months and months, sleepwalking and doing all sorts of weird things. And that was the final straw. So at that point I'd gone to see a hypnotherapist, not kind of knowing what it was or anything really. It wasn't my bag or this kind of what I saw as woo woo stuff. Yeah. Woo-woo. I'm loving hearing the birds in the background, Bron. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Um, so I decided that um, I'd go and see a hypnotherapist and after that one session I stopped sleepwalking so this time around I thought well I'm really unhappy I can't I've got to be able to come to terms with the fact that this is my life so I'll go back and see what he can do and he didn't actually put me under trance and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked and every time I said something he would throw back to me what I'd said and I came to realize later that actually hypnosis is, is closely connected with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, which mm-hmm. the neuro system in your brain, we're connected with the, the linguistic part, which is the words that you think and the words that you say, and the programming, which is the fact that like a computer program, you can change the system by changing the wording and the coding. And that basically that day, that one hour session, in fact, it was closer to 90 minutes, started a catalyst of change for everything in my entire life uh, and thus that might sound really dramatic but he'd never he posed to me well what happens if that doctor was wrong what happens if you are the person who can recover from this and what happens if you can't recover but you could still be an incredible person regardless and it was like oh my god i i i'd just been stuck in self-pity i hadn't seen that there were any other options for my life it was either my life before or or this dark place that I'm in. And all of a sudden there were several different options for me based on how I saw myself. And at the time I was being treated at Stoke Mandeville, which is the home of the Paralympians. So of course I knew people who were, were never able to walk again, but could still have incredible lives. But that thought, what happens if the doctor's wrong? What happens if you are the person who, whose body can develop, change and grow? And what happens if you had a future that allowed you to change? And what happens if actually this thing that's happened to you could be the best thing that's ever happened to you? And it, it changed everything, Bron. It absolutely changed mm. everything. And all those questions that you've just, you've just gone through just now, mm. um, when, when I'm thinking about my own diagnosis or anybody that's getting a multiple sclerosis diagnosis or that's living with the unknown, it just makes me think about when you're in that point where you just have no idea how you're going to dig yourself back out. Yeah. And what you've said and the power of those questions that he asked you mm. brought such a great sort of sense of realization. Um, and how does, from a sort of technical technical side so scientific side yeah yeah how does this all kind of sink in um and affect the unconscious or the subconscious i get the two so the two sort of states mixed up but there's there's two things to this really first of all by by consciously having a new thought about yourself or about the words and language that you use so first of all there's an awareness element of what i was saying and thinking anyway So once you realize that you've been thinking a particular thing and that that isn't the only way to think, but that you have chosen to think that, 
you realize that there are other options. So this creates new neural pathways. Okay. Mm -hmm. So whenever we have a thought that we think over and over again, such as I'm terrible, I'm useless, I'm overlooked, my life is never going to get better. And we think those things over and over and over again, and they become comfortable and they become the norm. And for example, I used to constantly say to my husband, my life's never going to get better. I'm so depressed. My life is over. Um, I'm just a waste of space. Uh, I feel embarrassed that I'm like this. And again, it would literally be my whole conversation. It was about as dark and depressing as you can imagine. But it was Your poor husband. <laughs> but it was a constant diatribe. And a lot yeah. of it would actually come through not quite kind of in that depressing stage that you imagine it would come through with very dark humor i'd always I'd still be witty and i'd still be energetic but i would be bitter and behind it were all these thoughts that i was never gonna be anything and i was angry about it did you know that i run a facebook community get yourself over to multiple sclerosis uk help Dash multiple success community UK. Click to join, answer the questions, and we'll see you on the other side. That I was never going to be anything, and I was angry about it. So, first of all, was the awareness piece. Well, what if I'm wrong to have thought this in the first place? Because what if there's another opportunity? The next thing, then, when you once you've had that realization that there is another way to think, it's realizing that. The reason it was easy to think the previous thoughts about it being dark and limited was because you've been thinking that for a long time. It's like a groove in your mind, if you like, that neural pathway. But when you consciously know you want something different and you think about thinking it to yourself, saying it to yourself out loud, which can feel false initially, mm. the more you say that, the more you are embedding a neural pathway, the deeper that new groove is becoming in your brain. So it becomes easier to see the things connected to that pathway. And that's kind of how the brain works. That's kind of what we do. So I literally left that session realizing that I'd been selling myself short to myself and that the only way I was going to cope, and I didn't even at this, I did fully recover, but I had no concept that that would happen. The only way I was going to cope was to stop this ridiculous chatter that was constantly in my brain about how bad my life was. And so we put it in very, very firm boundaries for me, my husband, my parents, particularly, um, who would, with the best will in the world, often ask me how I was. And I would go down that, that garden path that led to the dark wilderness of how bad my life was. And so we asked everybody around me to stop asking me how I was. Do not, it is off topic. And I had a signal with my husband that the only thing I was allowed to say was once I'm having a healing day. And that was it. That was the only time bearing in mind, I was living in, in pretty much agony at the time. That was the only thing I was allowed to say. But that's quite a positive, they're quite positive words as well, aren't they? Yeah, so you're so not saying, I'm yeah, having a crap day. Absolutely. So there's a real difference in your brain between saying, I would have said before, I'm in agony, right? So for mm. agony for me was hellfire. That's literally what comes up in my brain. Hellfire, it's burning, it's dangerous. Having a healing day, there's different colors, there's imagery, there's the fact that my body has the ability to heal, it's growth, it's, it's nourishing. 
and that's the but I was only like, only allowed to say it once and once I communicated that he then took the reins to look after the children to sort out communication with my parents to sort out meals to sort out whatever else and so I didn't then have the ability to have all of the sob story conversations that I'd constantly been having and the interesting thing that happened for me was that within three weeks I realized that I had this kind of other space in my head to think other things and I became brave enough to try to use a Zimmer frame again and the rest then became history now it I didn't recover overnight it took a, a long time but now 10 years on I have no in no issues at all I can run a very long distance I I'm fully active um and um obviously obviously the doctor had got some things wrong but the case that was presented to him that was what he believed would be the case so on the one hand I think it's about it's about changing your language but for me, it wasn't about recovery. It was deciding who I was going to be in that moment and who I wanted to be for the rest of my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. And um, did you have kind of physical movement imagery going on or was it more about you, the person that you were thinking about so that if the physical wasn't possible, you were still becoming... Yeah. The, the amazing person that you wanted to be so one was of, it one of the things that I realized was that I, I'd been an actor before I had children I'd been on stage and I realized that I didn't want to do that from a wheelchair and so it was going a little bit deeper well what is it what is it about that performing that means something to me and for me it was about having my voice heard and to being becoming world recognized for that so how was I going to do that if I was never going to go on stage or film and I actually think even just saying this out loud, I could have still done film and I still could have done stage. It would have been different, but I could have done it. But actually what I realized was that I wanted to be at home with my children and I wanted to earn good money and I wanted, I wanted to be recognized for my talent. And one of the amazing things that happened for me is that because I was thinking I want all these things, and I'm open to whatever comes my way. What actually came my way was the realization that I could be a voice actor. And that's, that's predominantly how I built my career, a very well-established career internationally, um, because I opened the door to possibility. And it's a possibility I would never have had open to me had I not been in that challenging situation. Mm. But it actually has fulfilled many more of my needs than getting on stage would have done, if that makes sense. Yeah, so by going through this process of reevaluating everything, mm. you literally looked at what was the most important thing, what was really meaning, meaningful to you, yeah. and that was getting your voice heard and found a way to do it. And I think that's got a really important message in terms of the community that is hopefully listening along to this. Um, and thinking about what is important to your life and I how think can you it's make understanding that? that you you are in control I'm going to apologize we're in lockdown there is a delivery and my my Labrador is now going mad <laughs> <laughs> it's very exciting when someone comes to the door no matter what you <laughs> do to ask everyone to be quiet the dog doesn't understand <laughs> but I think I think for any situation you're in no matter how dark it is you do have choice about how you think and feel about it. Mm. I think the best thing you can do is go and speak to someone 
who is a hypnotherapist or an NLP practitioner who can help you say all that dark stuff. Because just in saying it and being allowed to say it and being allowed to express it without someone judging you for that or there being a ripple effect of what that means for your husband or your children or whatever else, it's really freeing. And once you've said it, actually you realize a lot of how you're feeling isn't true. It isn't as true and dark and desperate as, you, as you're claiming it is. Mm. So how, uh, the bit I don't get um, mm. is in relation to neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. There, are different, there are different types of it um, and different methods. Um, and so is that something that if somebody who was listening wanted to go and find out more is there a particular method of doing this um, programming is there a particular method that you but you find is more the one that's intuitive for what is happening well the thing the the thing about nlp is that a lot of it the processes are then taken and people change them for what they want. So there's a lot of NLP in sales, for example, because it's about how you think and how you speak. So people of course are going to want to use that in terms of influencing others. But I think anyone, anyone who is a hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner will understand this work. Personally, I think if you really want to get into this and make a massive change to how you're thinking and feeling, actually doing an intensive practitioner course in NLP which is normally a six-day course for the basic training even if you never ever intend to do anything with it other than to change your own life and how you feel about your own life and the possibilities open to you then I would seriously look at doing six days and the place that I trained with originally was Edge NLP um, run by a lady called Pip Pip and Jules and um, I, I, I did my six-day practitioner training about five years later and then I went on to do my master's as well. And, and each time I developed more techniques and went deeper into myself, learned more about myself and the things I was thinking and saying, the more I learned and the more I changed and the more I grow, grew and the more I do grow. Um, and, and now I really feel that you can change anything. And yes, there may well be diagnosis where things in your body might not change, but you can shift how you think about it and what it means to you. You can shift how you speak to your family about it. And, not, and I don't mean in terms of hiding from them what you think and feel, but actually the way you communicate about it, how open you are or how closed you are, you can change the meaning of a diagnosis for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely, you can turn it around, and that's that's something that I've worked really hard on for a number of years. Um, and I know I've still got a distance to go to do that, but I know that it, it is possible. Um, and you, what I notice, Anna, as I'm talking to you, is that you have got the story and what happens to you, and then how that's gone on and influenced everything. And I know that when I was creating my narrative, I would think it's probably the best way of describing it. Mm-hmm. When I was creating my own narrative for what I faced, that was actually quite an emotional process to go mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. Um, putting something into words and then being able to outwardly say those words and then being out, able to outwardly say them publicly. 
Um, and I wondered, how did you get, <clears throat> excuse me, how did you get to the point of creating your own narrative? I think it's that, it's that right back at the beginning with those new initial neural pathways. Who do I choose to be? And who in this moment do I want to be? And where do I want to be long term? And even with all of the mindset work that I've done, it's not like my life is perfect. It's not like I'm walking around and I never have an argument or I never have a down day. But sometimes I can use those down days to say, what's this? What's really going on here? Do I want to carry on feeling down? Is that serving me in some way? Or is there a better way that I could feel? Is there another way that I could feel today that actually might, might be better for me? I don't know, don't know if that quite answered your question. But I think, I think it's, about, it's about daily decisions about who you want to be, generally mm -hmm. in life. And I think <clears throat> what I was probably driving at, that with my MS brain, I'm often not very eloquent, not very able to put things as I might have written them onto a piece of paper. Um, how, I guess the, the question was, how if something is really emotional for you, how do you then convert that into something that is a public story that you can safely talk about? think again it's going and talking to somebody else and letting this stuff out let it out don't hide from what I'm not talking about hiding I'm talking about admitting how you feel and catching the language that you're using and deciding to use more empowering language okay yeah so that rather than it being all doom and gloom and all negative yeah you can flip it yes and put those positive there is always something to be grateful for in the most horrendous situation. There always, always is. And it can be hard to see them if you choose for it to be hard to see them. Yeah. In terms of so, the narrative, I would say it's about deciding that you're going to share with other people, not from the open wound, but from the scar. So you might not necessarily want to share how you're feeling while you're in the midst of your darkest day when you get through to the other side maybe that's the time to tell people this is what my darkest day meant to me because this is what I'm now able to achieve I like that I like the thought of talking from the scar rather than the pain yeah so the wound. Also, also not not from the wound that's just closed up right because that's too mm. fresh and too fragile so it's like in podcast interviews now, I'll often talk about some really raw things, really raw and open things. And in my book as well, raw, open, vulnerable. But I wasn't sharing it then. I was sharing mm. it when I knew what the message was from it. I was sharing it when I'd taken some of the learnings from it. And I think, I think that that makes a difference being able to put it into its rightful place within your life and so where like, you're progressing. Like, like you're doing with, with this podcast now, Bron, you couldn't have started this podcast in the middle of your diagnosis. It wouldn't no. have been the right time. But the mm -hmm. things that you've learned now and that you can reflect on actually give you the ability to find the right people to share their stories as well. But you wouldn't yeah. have had the resilience to do that right at the beginning. And that's why your work and what you're doing with this podcast is so important. Mm. 
because people need to know so. <laughs> that what they're what they're feeling and what they're experiencing they're not wrong to feel those things yeah and that's we've got to accept that and understand that and talk it's, to somebody i can't stress that enough go and speak to somebody mm. and that might not be a counselor i'm always really interested in people who in things like rtt rapid transformational therapy nlp something like that where you are it's always forward moving it's always about growth yeah talk to someone as opposed who to the looking backwards it's okay to look backwards if you know that it's to make you move forwards if that if that makes sense yeah and, yeah and the sooner you can do that the sooner you're going to be able to be in a position to take the benefits and the learnings from your current situation and decide who you're going to be in dark times I'm actually, you know, I'm pretty grateful for how bad things were for me now. Because if they hadn't been, I wouldn't have realized that mentally I was putting myself there. And I wouldn't have seen the choice. And it's that choice that has then enabled me to go on and, you know, win multiple awards for my, for my voice, for my work, to have the lifestyle that I want. And now to work helping other people with their podcasts to get them out there and knowing because I understand how important it is to share your messages that I can help other people to do that internationally now. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that you're doing amazingly, but that's something that's, that's come from having those really tough times, isn't it? Yeah. I, there's no way. So I now run something called the podcast membership, helping people to launch successful podcasts to get them to the right ears to help people be lifted because I know how much I needed support and connection from someone going through exactly what I was going through or had been there recently. And it's so important. And had, had I not been, had I not been in that wheelchair, had I not felt as low as I did, there's no way that I would be doing something so meaningful with my life. And in and many I think ways, that's the difference, yeah. the meaningful aspect of it. It's not just, um, you're not just doing it as something that is a hobby and that is a part of a business it's done with purpose and it's done with meaning yeah and and I that's think, what you've been able to bring about and i think um you can't always you're not always ready to shift from how you're feeling sometimes it's okay to sit in how you're feeling but recognize the sooner you can recognize you have a choice as to whether you think and feel those things then it's easier to stay in that place. And that's the first step isn't it yeah absolutely yeah yeah that is the first step in it all is to recognize it mm. stop and recognize so Anna if people wanted to I don't know read your book or find out a little bit more about you they do that obviously i'll be putting some show notes together but um so the best thing really is to come and find me on any of the social media anna parker naples or to check out my book which is called get visible how to have more impact influence and income and it, it takes you through the whole journey of exactly why i was so dark the things i believed about myself and what i've then been able to go on to do and i say i was going to say achieve and it takes it takes you through the journey of how I used to think compared with how I think now and, and helps you go through your own process of what thoughts are you having that don't support a life you want to have or a life that would be beneficial to you. Um, so that's probably the best way to come and find out about me and, and, and a bit more about NLP as well and what it mm. can do for you. 
yeah I think and I've read it and I would massively recommend it to anybody so there you heard it from the lady herself um, about where you can find the book now and we always finish on the MS show with just a bit of a let's move away let's come back into the real world and so the question that we always like to ask is a really really important one in life so we're imagining that we are no longer locked down that you can go anywhere in the world and the questions are where in the world would you go your favorite place in the world or your ambition and what would you be drinking while you were there <laughs> okay so the first thing i wanted to say was i just want to go to the spa at center parks which is about <laughs> 10 minutes up the road from me but no that was really shallow <laughs> where i really want to go i want to go to the alps i want to be in austria i lived there for a period when i was in my early 20s and I just love it. And to be sitting on the Alps with a hot chocolate in my arms, having got the sun on my face and hot and sweaty from being in too much ski wear, that would be perfect. <laughs> and skiing as well. I thought that that was something I'd never do again. And, and of course I can now. Um, so that's and, another really meaningful thing as to why yeah. you want to go to the Alps, isn't it? Yeah. And I have this vision that um, my... I guess my purpose, my calling, which is not, not even words I would ever have used before, is about helping to raise other people up their own mountains. And um, yeah, I, I do think in terms of metaphors, in terms of standing on top of that mountain and shouting out loud about the fact that other people can change their lives and lift themselves. And so, yeah, so I often... That would be an amazing podcast episode, that one. Well, funnily enough, we've got one of those coming out. <laughs> ah. so my, my podcast is called Entrepreneurs Get Visible. If anyone wants to come find me on my show. Brilliant. I look forward to listening to that one. Ah, uh, well. Thanks. I've really appreciated you taking time out of your really busy schedule to talk to us. Thanks ever so much for being here, Anna. Absolute pleasure, Bron. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for the MS show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to the MS show podcast.